Hey everyone, before we get today's episode underway, I wanted to ask a favor. We are coming up on our one-year anniversary, and we are going to have a special event for our one-year anniversary that we're calling the Benchy Awards. But the event Benchy Awards only work if you go out there and vote for your favorite in the certain categories that have been selected. So if you look at all of our social media, our Twitter, our uh, Instagram, our Facebook, we have it posted all over the place. It's a Google form, uh, you know, link to go to to vote on the favorite uh, episode title, favorite artwork, our favorite poll, any of that kind of stuff. So go check it out. Check out the social medias. Look for the BTP Presents the First Annual Benchy Awards coming soon. Thanks. This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Josh, and today's game will be pitting Benchwarmer Mason and returning player Byron Grubman versus Benchwarmer Scott and returning player Trevor Hogue. Both Trevor and Byron are assistant coaches of our Patreon team. Thank you both, and welcome back to the bench. Trevor, please take a moment to remind us about yourself. Yeah, hey guys, uh, I'm Trevor, living in Kansas City, Missouri, but I'm originally from Wisconsin, so I'm a Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, Packers fan, die hard. It's a beautiful day here in Kansas City, but I'm mourning my bracket after one day of March Madness. My bracket is already toast. Yeah. You're not alone. And uh, Byron, please give us a quick reminder about yourself. Yeah, I'm Byron. I live down here in Austin, Texas, by way of Los Angeles. Um, Big San Francisco Giants fan. And my other affiliations are really New York sports for family reasons. Um, But yeah, just happy to be back and look forward to a good game. Wonderful. Uh, Mason, how you doing? And let us know what your and Byron's team name is going to be. Uh, I'm doing okay. Glad to see LSU playing and playing a meaningful basketball game happens every once in a while. Um, even though they learned how not to score anymore, which is fine. Um, but our team name is inspired by the fact that we're both from the South. He being from Texas, I'm being from Louisiana. Um, so our team name is going to be steers and beers. All right. Steers and beers. Uh, and Scott, how are you doing? Let us know what your and Trevor's team name is going to be. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. Uh, a little nervous about Josh games. They either go really well for me or really bad. I don't think I've had like an in-between game that you posted. So I know it's going to be one way or the other. I guess I'll probably know by the end of the tailgate, which way it's going. Uh, Trevor and I were trying to think of a team name. We kind of kicked around a March Madness related thing, uh, maybe Oral Roberts or something like that. But I said to uh, Trevor, you know, I did root for the Brewers in the mid 2000s. I, I really liked uh, some of those Brewers teams. And so in honor of one of the players on those teams, we are going to be the J.J. Hardy boys. The J.J. Hardy boys. Uh, yeah. Super popular Minnesota twin for like a season or so. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's not where you were going. You weren't going with him as a twin. Not, not quite. No, in Oriole, obviously. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Scott, it may be good or bad for you to know that much of today's game was either written or inspired by guest submissions. Not all of it, but a large portion. So we'll see how that plays for you. Just know that I know who all of you are on the bench 
and I'll come for you if I have to. Let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. It's time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions worth 10 points each. Today's tailgate is all about the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Tournament. Question one. This question was submitted by head coach Brandon Reese. With Iona, Rick Pitino has become only the third coach to lead five programs to the NCAA tournament. Name either of the other two coaches. I will give a five-point bonus if you can name both. Josh, we'll check in. J.J. Hardy boys have checked in, so steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. Yeah, trying to pinpoint one coach for sh- who for sure has taken five teams is uh, yeah. proving very difficult. Yeah, I mean, the ones I can think of, I can think of maybe three. Yeah, and I was hoping maybe there was one or two, you know, small conference winners. Yeah, I mean, of the names that we had, I kind of like Calipari, although I don't think he's gotten to five. Yeah, same thing with Bobby Knight. I can think of three off the top, but I don't know of any other two. And I mean, for any, for any, co- you know, question about coaches who have taken multiple teams or won multiple championships, I thought of Larry Brown, but I don't know how many college teams he coached. Yeah. I, I just don't think he got to five. Do we want to flip a coin between Calipari and Knight, even though both of those might be wrong? Yeah. I'm leaning towards Knight, but I mean, that's like, I don't even, I mean, I, it's the same for me. First, que- first question, let's just do Bobby Knight. Yeah, and then we could, we could try Calipari. If we can possibly get the bonus if we get the first one. Yeah, right, but... so we'll go with yeah um, Knight first and then Calipari for the bonus. Okay, and J.J. Hardy, boys, what do you guys got? Not much. Um, we threw around some names. Uh, Bruce Pearl was someone that, that we both kind of thought of. Couldn't really remember, though, where he was uh, early on in his career. Uh, we ended up going with, we were just thinking of someone that coached for a long time, but didn't necessarily have a long tenure or stint with one school. So we ended up, we only checked in with one. It was hard enough to come up with one, let alone two. So uh, no bonus for us, but we checked in with Tubby Smith. All right. Well, the first coach to lead five programs uh, to the NCAA tournament is Lon Kruger. Uh, he hit his fifth when his Sooner team made the tournament in 2013. And the second coach to do it when he took Texas Tech to the tournament in 2016 was Tubby Smith. So, J.J. Hardy boys will be getting 10 points, and uh, Steers and Beers, unfortunately, won't be getting any points for that one. I can't believe I got that. Uh, good, Good question, Brandon. Thank you. Moving on to question two. Since the year 2000, three teams have won their first and only NCAA tournament with Virginia being the most recent in 2019. Name either of the other two schools. Once again, I will give a five-point bonus if you can name both. We'll go ahead and check in. Okay, Steers and Beers is checked in, so J.J. Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. I think we've got it narrowed down. 
yeah unless we're unless unless we're just missing one just for some reason i suppose we could be but i i really like memphis yeah as as a that's gonna be our for sure answer yeah and then you, you think in louisville over syracuse as our as our answer yeah i just thinking of who was more likely to win one in the past you would think syracuse conventional wisdom just they you know they were a powerhouse even in the late 80s into the 90s and yeah they've been they've been good for so long in the back of my mind i'm thinking maybe louisville snuck a championship somewhere a ways back yeah yeah i think i think we're we're good to go with memphis as our for sure and then louisville louisville for the bonus all right that's what we're going to do then josh we're going to check in with memphis and louisville for the bonus okay and steers and beers what do you guys have for an answer so uh Byron actually was the one that came up with the first one, um, which was, we think 2002 was Maryland. Um, and I don't think they've really been great otherwise. So we went with that one as our main answer. Um, the other one, we were between Syracuse and Louisville. Um, and we ended up going with Louisville, although I'm now thinking that might not count because of the, you know, the sanctions or whatever. So I'm wondering if that is it, that it might be canceled because of that but we went with maryland as our main one and louisville is our second answer well let's i'll start with the first one first one happened in 2002 it was the maryland terrapins and then the next year was the other team in 2003 which was the syracuse orangemen so steers and beers will be receiving 10 points and the jg hardy boys will be receiving zero for that and louisville they, they won two in the 80s um and their third was vacated in 2013. So, yeah, they won in 80 and 86. Okay, let's move on to the third and final question of the NCAA basketball tournament tailgate. Two number 14 seeds have made it to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. Name either of these two schools. I will give a five-point bonus if you can name both. Uh, we're going to check in. JJ Hardy boys have checked in. So steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. Yeah. So one of them we said was we had George Mason thrown out there, which I, I'm still a little hesitant whether they're 14 or not, but yeah. Cause I, based on their path, I think they played some lower, um, lower seated schools in the 14 would play. I thought they were a little bit higher than that, like 12, 13. I know there's one in the eighties and they were talking about it recently because the team is in the tournament this year. And I thought it was something state, and I first threw out Norfolk State, but I think it's Cleveland State. They're a 15, I believe, this year. But they were talking about how, like, there was a school that they were talking about how, oh, they were a 14 seed and they won a couple of games, and so now they're in the tournament again, saying that, you know, they could possibly be for an upset. That makes sense. And I know that they had a bunch of hype a couple years ago, too. I can't remember if they won two games, though. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think the Cleveland State one might have been like in the 80s or 90s somewhere in there that they had one, but that's fine. If you want to go with that, and then I think UAB when they beat um, Iowa State a few years ago, because Iowa State yeah. was a three seed, and I hung a lot of, a lot of dollars on them to go far. Um, and yeah, I think they might have been able to beat the, it would have been a, a six seed after that. Yeah. I, th- I think they did win a couple games. So we can go with Cleveland State and then. UAB? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so we'll check in with that. All right, and JJ Hardy Boys, what do you guys got? So we were bouncing around just all sorts of different schools, just try, trying to remember 
was a school, a 15 seed, a 13 seed, a 14 seed, doing that for a while. Eventually, I remembered the um, watching the Horizon League tournament this year when um, Wisconsin-Milwaukee was playing Cleveland State and a stat about the Cleveland State's run in like the 80s uh, to the Sweet 16. So, uh, and then for a second one, we just kind of threw out other ones. Scott suggested Weber State. And so we're checking in with Cleveland State and Weber State. Well, the first 14 seed to do it was in fact Cleveland State in 1986. The only other 14 seed to advance to the Sweet 16 was Chattanooga in 1997. So 10 points for each team. So though I offered some bonus points, no team was able to capitalize. But our scores heading into the first quarter are Steers and Beers with 20 and the J.J. Hardy boys also with 20. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be pre- and post-game. Pre- and post-game. For this quarter, there will be five before- and after-style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. This quarter's answers were submitted by head coach Philip Sanford. Question one, what Seton Hall basketball coach simultaneously played first base for the Pirates in the late 80s? Josh, we're going to check in. Okay, the J.J. Hardy boys checked in, so steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. Yeah, I don't have much to talk out here. Barely a starting spot. Um, I sent you one just now as they were checking in, but that's literally as close as I can come to it. Those names connect. They do. I don't recognize either name, though, which is <laughs> oh, kind of scaring me. Um, so for the coach, we have Bob Hurley, which, again, I've never heard that name. I know he's big in prep basketball in New, in New Jersey, and I, I seem to want to say he coached at Seton Hall at some point, but who knows. And then Lee Stevens is a first baseman. He was a first baseman. But for the Pirates, maybe? No idea. Yeah, I mean, I – I don't have anything for really either part, especially the second half. I don't have any Pirates first baseman. Nothing even comes to mind for the 80s. Yeah, we're, we're going to be here a while if we try and search for something else. So I think, yeah. you know, we'll go with Bob Hurley Stevens. Okay, and J.J. Hardy, boys, what would you guys come up with? We got to the Pirates first baseman pretty quick. And then after that, nothing. The Pirates first baseman, we believe, would be Sid Bream. Just that's the name that I would associate. We associated with Pirates first base eighties, but that Seton Hall basketball coach eluded us. Uh, no clue. So we're just throwing. I just had the in my mind. I went to what if Sid Bream was on uh, the Olympic hockey team in nineteen eighty? So 
uh, just a ma- after I imagined that scene, we checked in with Lake Placid Bream. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, no points will be awarded for this question. Uh, it was a little bit of a trick question because can anyone tell me what the team name of Seton Hall is? Pirates. They are the Seton Hall Pirates. And PJ Carlissimo uh coached the pirates from 1982 until 1994 when he was hired to coach the portland trailblazers and mo vaughn was a first baseman for the pirates and was drafted in the first round of the 1989 major league baseball draft 23rd overall by the boston red sox so the correct answer is pj carlissimo vaughn wait but did he ever play for the pirates he played for the seton hall pirates no mo vaughn Mo Vaughn played for the Seton Hall Pirates. He did? That's, okay, that's oh. diabolical. Oh, wow. That is diabolical. It was a sort of a trick question, but if you didn't even have P.J. Colosimo as the coach for Seton Hall, you weren't going to get there anyway. No. Yeah. So. Oof. We got four more of these guys. <laughs> Strap in. Buckle up. <laughs> so let's let's move on to question two, shall we? Before you guys just walk out of the game <laughs> i was gonna say i i was gonna need another beer but i'm just gonna bring the whole cooler in here if that's how the rainbow's <laughs> games are gonna go i mean we question writers have to be allowed to be tricky sometimes <laughs> right pj carlos will coach who knew he got choked out that's what we know we don't know he's coached he coached there for 12 years it's the only major college program he coached that part was fair it was the move on part that i have an issue with. <laughs> <laughs> just mean all right Question two, what 2012 WNBA MVP was also the first African-American to play on the PGA Tour? We're checked in. Okay, JJ Hardy boys have checked in, so steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. The only thing we have as far as a connection would be Candace Park Girl Woods. but I like your suggestion of Tina Charles, though. I just can't think of a Charles except for the one that I sent you. And that's definitely not right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not Charles Howell. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't know any golfers named Charles. I mean, we're, we're obviously thinking about a, a name in the, probably the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. I think Earl Woods was much later. I think he was in the eighties. <sighs> I'm trying to think if there's any like major winners that I can think of around that time named Charles, but nothing comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we have a choice between two. Well, one definitely wrong answer and one possibly prayer of an answer. We can go with the prayer of an answer if you want. Okay, we'll check in with Candace Park Girl Woods. Hey, and JJ Hardy Boys, what did you guys have? We couldn't really get it from either side. Um, I like WNBA. I'll watch it occasionally. One thing I don't know is the lineage of the MVPs. So it's not like... I was right away like, oh, 2012 is definitely this person. Trying to think of names around the time that could have won it. Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore. We eventually also landed on Tina Charles. Um, And just to stick with our theme of using geographical locations, when we don't know the answer, we checked in with Tina Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, well, unfortunately, no points will be awarded. However, J.J. Hardy Boys, you did have the correct WNBA MVP. It was Tina Charles. And the first African-American to play on the PGA Tour is Charles Sifford. He did, he did not win any majors, but Sifford did win the Greater Hartford Open Invitational in 1967. 
in Los Angeles Open in 1969 and was inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame in 2004. Okay, well, let's try number three, shall we? Question three in pre and post game. Who is the only pitcher in Major League history to win Rookie of the Year, start in a World Series game, throw a no-hitter, and be an all-star in his first two seasons, and is the middle of three NFL brothers who plays for the Steelers? We'll check it in. Very confident. <laughs> Steers and Pierce has checked in, so J.J. Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. It's either the Watts or the Edmonds brothers. So I, re- I, for some reason, remember. So Derek, Derek Watt is the middle brother of those three. I know that. I didn't know he played for the Steelers or that he just signed there. I thought he played for the Chargers. I know that. In my mind, I remember, could be a false memory, of him signing with the Steelers to play with his brother. Like this, like just now? Like this offseason. Okay. Which would take out the Edmonds then because that was their fullback. Yeah. They have Terrell at safety. His brother's the fullback, and then Tremaine is linebacker for the Bills. And I'm trying to, I've been trying to rack my brain about pitchers who would end in dare. Yeah, Verlander. But he wouldn't have pitched in a World Series in his first two seasons. The Detroit. Oh, wait. Detroit did go to the World Series. They were in a World Series. What year did they go? 06? Around that in time. St. Louis, yeah. right? Um, yeah, that's that's definitely his. Byron's face is looking like we landed yeah, on it's, him. It's in that <laughs> ballpark, at least. I mean, 06, yeah, he would have come up. That would have been... He won rookie of the year. He did. He, he, he threw a no hitter against the Brewers around that time. Yep. Yeah. That's gotta be it then. I, I think we're on it. I, I mean, if we're not, if, if we're, if we're, if we're not, I le- at least like that answer enough to check it in. Yeah. We're going to check in with Justin Verland, Derek Watt. And steers and beers. What do you guys have? We went with TJ Watt, which didn't really give us a ton of answers. <laughs> so we locked in with, Tom Candiati, J. Watt. <laughs> That's great. Uh, one team will be getting points. T.J. Watt is the youngest brother, yeah, um, but does play for the Steelers. And Scott, I'm impressed you did pick the other three brothers who have two who play on the Steelers, the Edmonds brothers. And I think Terrell is actually the middle brother. I think Trey is the oldest. Trey, that's it. So, yeah, the correct answer is Justin Verland, Derek Watt. And I was going to feel really bad for Trevor if one of the Watt brothers got away from him because didn't they all go to Wisconsin? They did, yeah. We, in, our converse, <laughs> in, our, in, our, in our conversation, they were the first name that came to my mind. Yeah. And uh, it was just connecting Dare to some pitcher. I didn't know about the Edmonds brothers till I was researching this, and I was like, oh, there's another trio of brothers, and two of them are on the Steelers. I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to question four. Hopefully uh, steers and beers can find their way to, uh, <laughs> to a correct answer in the pre and post game. Uh, question four, what swimmer who won back-to-back gold medals in the 100 meter backstroke at the 2004 and 2008 Olympics also won their only three tennis grand slam tournaments between 1998 and 2000. We'll go ahead and check in. Steers and Beers has checked in, so J.J. Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. A swimmer name is coming to mind, Scott. Uh, the tennis, tennis not so much. Um, not positive about this, but Aaron Pearsall sounds like an, a name that I remember from the backstroke. Okay. Saul. Ooh, that's 
I mean, 98 to 2000 would have been when I first started paying attention to tennis. The problem is yeah. there were a lot of good tennis players back then. So it's on both sides, yep. men and women. After 2000, you started getting the Federers and the Serenas and the people that yeah. were dominating. So it yeah. could have been someone that yeah. just got some wins. This might be more on the women's side because it was a little bit of a lull before Serena took over. I'm just going to start naming some tennis players from around that time uh, on the women's side. Uh, Jennifer Capriati. Did she ever win one? She's got to have. She won before 98, I think, though, too. Okay. I think she won a few. Lindsay Davenport was winning back then. Lindsay, Lindsay Davenport. Lindsay Davenport. Because there's a swimmer named Natalie Coughlin. I don't know if she won. I don't know if she was in the backstroke, but there's a swimmer named Natalie Coughlin. Well, that would fit. I don't think there's anything better we're going to have than Natalie Coughlin, Lindsay Davenport. It, I mean, it fits, right? So, yeah. So, yeah, bomb back. We're going to check in with Natalie Koff, Lindsay Davenport. All right, then Steers and Beers, what do you guys have? So I came up with the second part first, which I was kind of shocked by, um, because she's come up before on the podcast. Um, Lindsay Davenport was the first thing that came to mind, um, and I automatically connected a swimmer that I knew that ended in Lynn. Um, I've heard of Natalie Coughlin. I very well could be that, um, but we went with Missy Frank, Lindsay Davenport. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Natalie Kauf Lindsay Davenport. Nice. Yeah, Missy Franklin is, uh, she was after 2000 and she's not a backstroker. And Trevor, kudos to you because the U.S. did have the men's and women's back to back gold in the 100 backstroke, and it was Aaron Pearsall. So Natalie Coughlin and Aaron Pearsall both did that feat. So congratulations wow. on knowing that but then eventually getting to the right answer i did i did not know that that was just knowing some names and uh davenport missed the career grand slam by never winning the french open however she did win the women's singles olympic gold medal in 1996 at the atlanta games all right question five what current boston bruin captain who also won the frank j selkie award four times that's given to the top defensive forward uh, in the NHL was also the first ever college draft pick by the Miami heat in 1988. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. Byron, I can go ahead and check it in. Okay. Uh, Sears and beers is checked in. So JJ Hardy boys, let's hear what you got. So we both think this is Chara because it's the only Bruin we can name. And I, re- I think I remember him being defensive pulling on the de- on the defensive side. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he is. So now it's to the heat player. Chara, then, you know, it gives us, like, like I was saying, Rodney or Roger. I think we can operate from Chara. Early Miami Heat is uh, definitely a blind spot for me. Same. Could this be Ronnie Cycli? He played for the Heat for a while in the 90s. I don't know if he uh, – 88 seems around the time he would have been drafted. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't feel confident in, in giving you an answer that's going to be better. Okay. If, I think that's enough information to go on. I think you're good to check that in. All right, we're going to check in with uh, Zdeno Charani Cycli. Okay, and Steers and Beers, what do you guys have? So Zdeno Chara plays for the Capitals and is a defenseman. And so I think the new captain for the Bruins is Patrice Bergeron. And so we went with Patrice Bergeroni Cycli. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Patrice Bergeroni Cycli. We're on the board. Yeah, there we go. Nice job. 
So Bergeron was drafted in 2003 by Boston and has played his entire NHL career with the Bruins. And Cycli won the NBA Most Improved Player Award in 1990. Okay, so the first quarter is over. And uh, we have the following scores. Uh, Steers and Beers is up to 40. And the J.J. Hardy boys currently have the lead with 60. And that brings us to the second quarter, will, which will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. This quarter's theme was submitted by listener David Lux. Question one. What point guard who played for seven different teams in his 17-year career, two stints with two of the teams, finished his career with the team he won an NBA championship with earlier in his career? I'm fine with that. I don't have anything better. I think it's plausible. Yeah. It's the best option of the ones we've listed. I feel like I, I agree with you on that. I, I think it's the best one out of them. Okay. So we'll check it in then. Okay. Steers and Beers is checked in. So, JJ Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. Scott, I like Sam Cassell as a name here. He played for a long time. He, he played for a lot of teams. I just don't know if he ended his career with the Rockets, which then the only team he won a championship with. I don't remember him finishing with the Rockets, but that doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. I, I don't either. I mean, he could have, you know, played there for a season that, you know, it's put, would have been like early 2000s, mid, like mid 2000s. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, trying to fit the fight, seven teams, two stints with two of those teams. Yeah. So he went Rockets. He definitely played for the Nets after that, the yep. T-Wolves, the Celtics, the Bucks. You're right about the Clippers. And then so he could have gone back to the Rockets, which would have given us one stint. But what other team did he go back to? He did might he have, have went back to Milwaukee at some point. I don't, I don't think he came back to – I don't think he came, I don't think he came back to Milwaukee. Um, okay. I don't think he went back to Minnesota. Uh, he could have gone back to Minnesota. This is tough. I, I'm – good with going with Cassell. I don't know if he ended. I, I'm more concerned about him having two, a stint with another team. He definitely could have finished with the Rockets. Who knows? He bounced around a lot. But I just don't know if we have anything he's, else. That's more he's solid. fitting certain kinds of criteria for this that yeah. if we're not coming up with someone else, we could just give it a shot and see. Um, yeah, I think at this point, that's probably our best bet. For the sake of not dragging this on any longer, I think we. Yeah. All right. We, uh, we'll check in with Sam Cassell. Hey, and Steers and Beers, what did you guys have? So we went with, we stuck with the Spurs, but earlier with the Admiral and Avery Johnson. No points will be awarded. Uh, the correct answer is Chauncey Billups. 
Oh. 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 Mm. Uh, Billups had two stints with both the Denver Nuggets and the Detroit yep. Pistons. Sure, he sure did. And he is currently an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Cassell yes, uh, had a 15-year career. He played for eight different teams, but no repeat teams. Um, and he ended up winning a championship with the Celtics his mm-hmm. last season. Let's move on to question two. What Hall of Famer was the last first-round draft pick for the Minneapolis Lakers in 1960 before they moved to Los Angeles later that year? He played his entire 14-year career in Los Angeles with the Lakers. You want to go ahead and check in with that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, we'll check in. Hey, Steers and Beers has checked in. The J.J. Hardy boys, you guys can talk it out. This is a coin flip between West and Baylor, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think recently so. asked a question on a game. I asked a question on a game I hosted recently about the first number one pick that ended up making the NBA Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The answer was Elgin Bear, and I think he made it over Ah Robinson. So he was drafted, and I think the big was drafted in sixty or sixty one. So that or 62. So it leads me to believe that Baylor was drafted before 1960. Okay. Which would steer yeah. me towards West, but yeah, I, I, my years yeah. could be off by a few. Yeah. Baylor was just the first name that popped into my mind, but I trust your NBA knowledge, certainly over my, my own. Um, and you've having that research that you've done, you feel like you want to lean West. Yeah. If, honestly, I'm like 52-48 leaning towards Jerry okay. West, but it's it's that close for me. Okay. Yeah, again, I said I said Baylor, but West is a great answer. And if you have I, if you if, yeah, if you have a lean, if, yeah, if you have a lean, I I say we go towards that lean. All right, we're going to check in with Jerry West. Beers and beers. What do you guys got for an answer? So we had a few names that we threw around. Um, the first one I came up with was Jerry West, because I knew that was right around the time. We threw around Elgin Baylor. I want to say he was like 57 or 58 and played there for a couple years in Minnesota. Um, the only other name that I had was Gail Goodrich, but I think that was later, and he might have played. Now that I'm thinking about it, he might have played for another team somewhere along the way. Um, so we went ahead with Jerry West. Both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Jerry West. Um, West won the first NBA Finals MVP awarded in 1969, and he is the only player from a losing team to win the award. All right. So the theme-linked answers thus far are Chauncey Billups and Jerry West. Moving on to question three. What kicker was perfect on all five of his kicks in Super Bowl 55? going four for four on extra points and one for one on field goals. All right, we'll go ahead and check in. Hey, Steers and Beers has checked in. Uh, JJ Hardy, boys, you guys can talk now. Okay, so Super Bowl 55 being this last year. Brian Suckup sounds right then. You think it's Ryan yeah. Suckup? Bucks, former chief, right? Yeah, I just, I just threw in a couple names. Ryan Suckup, I remember having a stint there. I couldn't tell you with certainty. Uh, I know Matt, I think, I think Matt Gay has been there in the past. Um, Ryan yeah, Suckup had a, he, Ryan past. Suckup had a stint with the Titans. 
did he? Um, yep. Do you have moving around so much? These yeah. Days. Yeah. For real. How, how confident do you feel in Ryan suck up? I think he's their kicker. Okay. I'm trying to remember from fantasy football, like, yeah, you same. Know, is he, he a guy that, you know, week to week that I want to grab him, you know, cause they were putting up a lot of points towards the end of the season. But now you've got me. I don't think it's Matt Gay anymore. Yeah, I don't think I. The more we think about it, the more I feel like he might have been cut at some point. Yeah, I think Ryan Suckup was sounding like a better. This is Ryan Suckup. Yeah, let's go with it. All right, we'll check in with Ryan Suckup. Hey, and Steers and Beers, what do you guys have? Well, this helps out that I watched the Super Bowl and that it's a division rival, um, having seen him kick. So uh, it's most certainly, I'm almost certain that it's Ryan Suckup. So that's what we checked in with. Okay. Uh, both teams will be getting points. It was, in fact, Ryan Suckup, who in his first year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, helped beat the team that drafted him in 2009, the Kansas City Chiefs. And yes, in between the Chiefs and the Bucks, he played for the Titans. So your, the theme linked answers thus far are Chauncey Billups, Jerry West, and Ryan Suckup. Moving on to question four. Who is the career leader in points, goals, and games played for the Detroit Red Wings? We're checked in. Okay, JJ Hardy boys have checked in, so steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. Send you who my initial gut instinct was. Yeah. He was their captain for 21 years or whatever it was. I'm just trying to think. They've had a long history, so I mean, so I'm trying to think. If there's anyone else that could be? Yeah, I mean, if I mean, if it fits all three of them, obviously it only has to fit one of them because it applies to all three. But right, I'm trying to think of anyone that would have played that long for the Red Wings. The, the only other one I can think of is Sergei Fedorov, but I don't know if he was there as long as Eiserman was. Do you think he would have had more points and goals than? He was a really prolific scorer. Okay. Uh, but I, games played is what's getting me. You, oh, you know, <laughs> when you mentioned guys before, I know this is a movie you haven't seen, but because um, <laughs> it's a movie and it exists. Yeah, movie. You could have stopped it. This is a movie. You didn't have to say that. Yeah, the, uh, the famous Red Wings jersey in the uh, in Ferris Bueller. I feel like Gordy has a good a good uh, a good guess here. I, I like that as an option. Okay. Um, so we're going to check in with Gordy Howe. Okay. And JJ Hardy boys, uh, what's your guys' answer? Uh, not Gordy Howe. Uh, initially, what the, the first name that came to both of us was Steve Eiserman, just based on the longevity. Um, and like Byron said, it's, it's the games played that for me kind of ruled out some of the other prolific scorers they had. So we checked in with Steve Eiserman. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Gordie Howe. Um, Steve Iserman is fourth in games played, second in goals, and second in points. Um, however, he does lead the Red Wings for career assists, where Gordie Howe is second in assists. So the theme-linked answers thus far are Chauncey Billups, Jerry West, Ryan Suckup, and Gordie Howe. Moving on to question five. What Hall of Fame slugger, 
who won five World Series titles and played for five different franchises in his 21-year career, finished his career with the franchise that drafted him? I think we'll check it in. Okay. Okay, so Steers and Beers has checked in. Um, Sorry, J.J. Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. I, I don't think we have to. I, I'm pretty sure this is Reggie Jackson. So Yeah, yep, 100%. We're checked in with Reggie Jackson. Okay, and Steers and Beers, how about you guys? Yeah, we, we went with Reggie Jackson as well. All right, both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Reggie Jackson. Reggie was drafted by the Kansas City Athletics, and he played his final season with the Oakland Athletics. Uh, the theme-linked answers are Chauncey Billups, Jerry West, Ryan Suckup, Gordy Howe, and Reggie Jackson. Both teams have uh, submitted theme guesses after the fourth question. Um, so I will have them both give their answers, and then I will reveal who was first if they are both correct. So, um, Steers and Beers, what was your theme for this missing link round? So, the one that started me thinking that was Ryan Suckup, because the only thing I know about him is that he was Mr. Irrelevant uh, in the NFL draft. And the thing that I was asking Byron was, did Gordy Howe go by a Mr.? And then we connected the rest of them to it. So, we went that they all have nicknames involving Mr. In them. Okay. And J.J. Hardy, boys, how about you guys? We had the same thing. As they were talking about Gordy Howe, Mr. Hockey flashed in my mind, which then led me to Mr. Irrelevant for Ryan Suckup. Um, and Reggie Jackson uh, just kind of confirmed that for us. So we also, checked it, we also checked in with theme guests of they're all Mr. Something as nicknames. Both teams are correct with their theme guests. These are all athletes with, with Mr. in their nickname. Chauncey Billups is Mr. Big Shot. Jerry West is Mr. Clutch. As Mason stated, Ryan Suckup was Mr. Irrelevant. Gordy Howe is Mr. Hockey. And Reggie Jackson was Mr. October. Uh, Steers and Beers submitted their guests just ahead of J.J. Hardy Boys. So Steers and Beers will be getting 100 points, and J.J. Hardy Boys will be getting 50 points for the theme. Yeah, Mason. I always like it when the themes get, you know get that was a good one it was, it was, yeah yeah that was a great one i really That's enjoyed that really um, good theme thank you david not josh david yes that the theme <laughs> this theme was all was all david lux and he uh he gave me most of these names um i think i just added ryan suck up as one because you don't necessarily think of him as a mister other than him being mr irrelevant and by wikipedia he is the first mr irrelevant to play in and win a super bowl Nice. Makes sense because not many of them make it that far. So true. True. All right. So after the second quarter, we have the following scores. The JJ Hardy boys are at 170 and steers and beers with that uh, extra 50 points that they got from the theme are at 220. So they have a 50 point lead heading into halftime. So that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the Halftime Show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Today's Halftime Questions were submitted by Head Coach Philip Sanford. 
Question one. Randy Newman's song, Burn On, is played during the opening credits of what sports movie? I'm, I'm fine right. with that. We'll, we'll check that in then. Okay, Steers and Beers has checked in. So, J.G. Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. I, I don't know the song. Yeah, I, I don't know it either. Do you think it, like, has a connection within Burn On to the the sport itself? I mean, it could, but at the same time, you know. Yeah, it, it could have no connection. Yeah. If it does, I mean, again, with burning, or, you know, you're thinking racing or or fire, hoop jumping. I <laughs> love yeah, that I, movie. Yeah. Fire eating? You didn't know there's a movie? Yeah, right. <laughs> if it's uh, racing, Trevor, I mean. Talladega Nights. Is that considered a sports movie? <laughs> Sure. I mean, that's why I asked, like, is Days of Thunder considered a, a sports movie? Anything can be a sports movie if you squint hard enough. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, Ford versus Ferrari is a... Uh, yeah. I, that I haven't seen, so I, I don't know what the credits are like. I don't think we're close to anything. No. So we could just go with Days of Thunder and move on if All we right. want. Yep. We're going to check right. in with Days of Thunder. Hey, and steers and beers, what do you guys got? I told Mason to hear me out on my logic on this one. The prime for Randy Newman soundtracking was like late 80s through the 90s. And when I think of stuff catching fire and musical intros, I think of the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland, and I figured it was Major League. Well, according to the film's director... Uh, who chose the song because it was the only one he knew that was about Cleveland, Ohio, uh, which is where the movie takes place. The chorus of the song, Burn On, Big River Burn On, refers to, you are correct, Byron, the Cuyahoga River, which caught fire due to pollution in 1969. The correct answer is Major League. Wait, the song is actually about the river catching fire? It actually is <laughs> about the river catching fire. Wow. Wow. Well done. Nice like job, I knew it had the musical intro and I was like, oh, it could be Randy Newman, who knows? But you know, nothing yeah. else I could think of was like, oh, burning, except for the that stupid river. Yeah, I had a lot of Randy Newman stuff. I was like, clearly not cop rock or anything like that. I, I thought it was Toy Story when he first asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> so well done, uh, Byron, on that one. Moving on to question two. In October 2020. Rabid fans of what Premier League club gamed the system and pushed the 1980s novelty song The Spirit of the Blues to the top of the UK iTunes chart? Go and check that in. Yeah, that's better than anything I got. So, okay. Hey, so Steers and Beers has checked in. JJ Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. So, blue Premier League teams, that's where my mind is going, my train of thought. Yeah. Uh, to. Teams like Chelsea to Everton, Leicester City is also blue. I don't know if any of those teams are called the Blues specifically. Yeah, I guess they don't necessarily have to be. But their uniforms have blue, as far as I know. Yeah. I know, and that's why I think of when I think of blue Premier League teams, I think Chelsea and I think Everton. Those are the okay. two. You said you th you threw Everton out there. Is that? Any I have thunder nothing, on that or? I have nothing behind that except I'm just thinking of who 
I don't know whose fans may have had felt the need to do that. And I thought Everton over Chelsea for some reason. Yeah. Everton is, and they're, they're not, I mean, Chelsea's a prominent team. They're very, right. they're famous. That's why I kind of thought maybe a team that wasn't so prominent would have, you know, do, be more likely to do something like that. Yeah. But that's all I have. Yeah. I, I say we check that in. Just go with, um, cool. All right, we'll check in with Everton. Hey, and steers and beers. What do you guys have? The most prominent uh, EPL team that's very proud of their blue color uh, we came up with was uh, Manchester City. One team will be getting points. The correct answer is Everton. Everton's nicknames are the Toffees and the Blues. Movie. I hadn't thought I hadn't thought of Manchester City in their nice blue. Well, That's good. And their like fight song or cheer song or whatever is Blue Moon. So I didn't. I was like, did they like somebody write a song about them or did they change songs? I, that was the only thing that stuck in my head. In ode to the ice cream flavor. All right, let's move on to question three in the halftime. The poem Casey at the Bat was intertwined into lyrics of what 1985 song that reached 44th in the Billboard Hot 100? Scott, if you trust me. I, oh, I do. I, I know it's right anyway. Okay, cool. We'll check in. Hey, JJ Hardy boys have checked in. So steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. I'm pretty sure it's something like uh, he spent some time on the Mudville 9 and it's about the, the mighty K- yeah, when the mighty case struck out, something like that. He took his lumps uh, when the mighty case struck out. That's right. Yeah, so this is uh, during John Fogarty's solo career, uh, singing Centerfield. It's actually called Put Me In Coach. Well, no, 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 it is Centerfield. But the, yeah, you're right. The chorus I, I think it, Put yeah. Me In Coach. It gets confused the other way. Yeah, so it's... Uh, you're right, you're right. Centerfield. I, my other memory of this is that he recently put out during the pandemic with his family like a version of it on a baseball field i don't remember i think it was like dodger stadium or something but he did a concert and filmed it and put it out there um with that we'll go with a uh, center field as our answer okay, and jj hardy boys what do you guys have so this morning uh right before i i came to this podcast uh, one of my jobs is i'm a a custodian at the church i work at and listening, I had an oldies playlist on, and I'm scrubbing a toilet, and the song Center Field comes on. And I heard, the, I kid you not, I heard the line, the Mudville Nine, and I was like, put that in the back of my mind, Center Field, Mudville Nine. Super big coincidence. So, yeah, we checked in with Center Field. And both teams will be getting points. The correct answer is Center Field. Uh, which is the title track from John Fogarty's 1985 album, Centerfield. I believe there have now been three Casey at the Bat uh, questions on this podcast, and Mason and I are 100% accurate on those. Well, well done to the both of you. Moving on to question four. Uh, In his song, Basketball, Curtis Blow said, what top draft pick was really mean? We'll go ahead and check in. Okay. Steers and Beers has checked in. JJ Hardy boys, you guys can talk it out. So we've been talking here saying if, if this rhymes, we're on a good track. If it doesn't rhyme, we're screwed. Cause then it could be anyone. Like then it could be like Patrick Ewing. You know, like <laughs> I am familiar with the little Bow Wow version of this song. 
that he remade for the movie like Mike, I can rhyme that song all the way through from beginning to end. I'm, I've heard the Curtis Blow version, but I'm not like familiar with the the lyrics of it. I you know think we all know the basketball is my favorite sport part. Like, I think most people probably yeah. know the background singers singing. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Playing basketball. Right, exactly. Like if this was I was if this was the little Bawa one, I'd know this 100. I know all the names <laughs> from that one. So just thinking about when this one came out, Trevor, I I think that. Our best bet is someone in the seventies or eighties. We you you'd put out both Hakeem and Kareem because they rhyme with mean. Like yeah. I just feel yeah. like you could rhyme them. Yeah. If it were me writing it, that's what I would do. But I also came up with this awesome line about how I block Brad Doherty with authority. Ooh, ooh, which is something I would say, right? If we write a Benchwarmers basketball <laughs> song, you'll add that in there. Listen, let me give you some understanding. I'm a better player than Danny Manning. Like, I can do this all day oh. with number one draft picks. Keep going. You're on like, a roll. I've got a, a Purvis Ellison one. I've got a Larry Johnson one I just thought of. Mm-hmm. A Ralph Sampson. But I, I think maybe we just check in with Akeem the Dream. Yeah. I Let's go with that. And, and hope that it rhymes. Yeah. All right. We're going to check in with uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay. And Steers and Beers, what do you guys have? Well, seeing as I'm the only one on our team that's heard the song, um, I know what the the rhythm is going. It's like something and something are on the scene and <laughs> is really mean or something like that. And we started throwing out names. And the only one that fit the rhythm, I thought, was Ralph Sampson. But I have no clue if that's even right because we had Patrick Ewing, Moses Malone, Barkley, Olajuwon. But I remember it was like, uh, 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 or something like that. It had like a that kind of cadence and the only name that we came up with that fit that was Ralph Sampson. So that's what we checked in with. All right. Well, Mason, you, you have those two lines correct with, without the names, right? You right. Had, yeah. That so was the problem. It goes, goes Dantley and Wilkins are on the scene and Ralph Sampson <laughs> is really mean. Wow. Ralph wow. Sampson and Ted and more specifically Ralph Sampson jr. Is the correct answer. Um, now I don't know if uh, Ralph Sampson Jr. if he had a uh, a knack for being mean people. He kind of had that reputation, but I can tell you his son Ralph Sampson III, who played for the Gophers, is one of the softest big men there's ever been to play the game of basketball. <laughs> he was not mean, had no mean streak. He was soft. It sounds like they're opposites in the way that Dick and Pete Weber are opposites. I, I, you know, often as father and sons. Seem as the like saying goes. <laughs> yes. Once like in America, father, not like, like son. Well, although I'm not sure Ralph Sampson III, I personally wouldn't call him an American treasure, but he isn't mean. <laughs> All right. And now Ralph Sampson III will not listen to our podcast. Neither will his father probably because I've besmirched their... You refresh the Samson family name. Samson family name, yeah. Let's move on to question five in the halftime. Bang the drum all day by what prog rocker is played at Lambeau Field whenever the Packers score a touchdown? We'll check in. Check it in. Sears and Beers has checked in. JJ Hardy boys. I'm assuming I'm probably going to get an answer pretty quickly from you guys. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you, you, can, you can just check it in, buddy. Go for okay. it. Okay. Uh, so um, 
steers and beards have already checked in. Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The what I was just showing this song to my my wife the other day. Uh, it's one of the Packer traditions. Uh, it's Todd Rundgren. And uh, steers and beards, you guys surprisingly checked in quicker than a Packers fan. Yeah, it was on my um, high school baseball team's pregame playlist. It was Todd Rundgren. Both teams will be getting points, and I don't know the song right offhand, and I don't ever care to listen to it because, you used, well, you know. It's got about can, seven lyrics. I can sing yeah. if you'd like. No, 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 no. They no. used it for like a Carnival Cruise Line commercial or something that <laughs> like back in the day. So It's um, so bad. So Bang the Drum All Day was released in 1983 on Rund- Rundgren's album, the ever popular tortured artist effect. What a tool. Yeah. He had a couple of decent about- songs in the 70s. <laughs> Man, he caught lightning in a bottle with that guy. Okay. Well, after halftime, we have the following scores JJ Hardy Boys are at 230, and Steers and Beers have increased their lead a bit. They are up to 300. Now, on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks! Today's third quarter will be David v. Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of five pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, each team will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 20 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. This quarter's questions were submitted by listener David Lux. Thanks, right. David. So today's David v. Goliath are all about NBA franchise single-game scoring records. I will give you a current franchise name and the decade in which the record occurred you simply need to identify the player who holds the single game scoring record for the given franchise. Question one, David, the 76ers in the 1960s. Question one, Goliath, the Kings in the 1960s. We're checked in. Okay, JJ Hardy boys have checked in. Steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. What are you thinking, Mason? I I'd like your answer for Goliath. I just don't, that's not a Goliath answer to me. So I'm kind of wary. Yeah, that was of, my, yeah. That's why I didn't check it in right away. But I mean, yeah, it tracks. So it, to clarify, it's the franchise history, regardless of where they used to play, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, and so I gave you what the current franchise right. name is, but it could be anywhere within a franchise's run. Because obviously okay. in the 60s, they were not the, the, they weren't the kings right but that franchise lineage you're looking for yeah i'm pretty so, positive about um the david i'm just kind of hesitant about the goliath because i mean if it's not 
him, then we we have. I mean, it could be literally some random dude that was playing on right on the team, and then so we want to try and protect our lead and play it safe. I, I tend to think that just I, like I said, Robertson just doesn't come across as a yeah. a Goliath answer for me. I feel like it would be a little bit more difficult than that. But I mean, very well could could be that. I think I think it'd probably be safer to to take the twenty. Okay. For this one. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. All right. So we'll uh, check in with David Wilt Chamberlain. Hey, and JJ Hardy boys. What you guys? Yeah, it just wasn't worth the risk for us to try to do Goliath. I mean, we we need to, but I, just being unsure about who played for the franchise, we couldn't name anyone that really played mm-hmm. for the franchise back then. So we also checked in the David answer of Wilt Chamberlain. Well, both teams will be getting their 20 points. Uh, the correct answer to the David question is Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> Wilt scored 68 points against the Chicago Bulls in 1967. Uh, for the Goliath, um, playing for the Cincinnati Royals in 1960 against the Minneapolis Lakers, Jack Twyman scored 59 points. The name I've actually heard of, at least. Mm. Moving on to question two, David. We have the Jazz from the 1970s. Question two, Goliath, the Nuggets from the 1970s. All right, we'll check in. Hey, Steers and Beers has checked in. JJ Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. Uh, We're not going to. We were just about to check in as well. So we are going to check in with the Goliath answer of David Thompson. Okay, and Steers and Beers, what do you guys have? We had the David, and I don't know why I made this association automatically, but David Thompson as a nugget just stuck out. I know he had, I think, a 70-ish point game somewhere around there. So we also checked in Goliath, David Thompson. Okay, just for first answer, the David for the Jazz was Pete Maravich. Pistol Pete scored 68 points against the New York uh, Knicks for the New Orleans Jazz in 1977. And the correct answer for Goliath is, in fact, David Thompson, who scored 73 points against the Detroit Pistons in 1978. Well done. Moving on to question three, David, Pacers, 1990s. Question three, Goliath, Spurs, 1990s. We're going to check in. Hey, JJ Hardy boys have checked in. Steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. I'm trying to think of anybody else in that era who might have put up, you know, 50 plus points. Just kind of gut instinct, Robinson makes the most sense. Yeah, but, I think because what Duncan had season in like a half. Yeah, he would he would have came in close to the end of the the decade. So for him to make it, I think it one of them been was shortened. Yeah, highly doubt it's Avery Johnson. No, he, too many teams. You can't trust him on on any one team. <laughs> I mean, he played for the Spurs what three times? He might have got hot <laughs> one of those nights. <laughs> yeah, we can either do that or just stick with the the David one that we know cold. It's up to you. I'm trying to think. Robinson, I mean, he he would have been definitely able to get there. I'm leaning, go for it. But, I mean, if you want to take the 20, I'm perfectly fine with that. Because, I mean, there aren't many names that come up for, for the Spurs as far as scores in the 90s that would have gotten to a, a large number. So, 
I'm, I'm good with either way, whatever you feel better about. Yeah. I mean, I'm really trying to dig for a name that might've done it other than David Robinson in the nineties. We can go with him. Okay. So we'll check in uh, Goliath with David Robinson. Okay. And uh, JG Hardy boys, what do you guys have? Not giving us a chance to get back in it. Um, uh, yeah. This, this has to be when David Robinson went off on the last day of the season to win the scoring title. Like it, it can't be anyone but him for Goliath. It, so we checked in Goliath, David Robinson. Okay, for the David, correct answer is Reggie Miller. Uh, he scored 57 points against the Charlotte Hornets in 1992. And the correct answer for Goliath was, in fact, David Robinson, who scored 71 points against the Los Angeles Clippers in the final game of the 93-94 season. To win the scoring title. Question four, David Mavericks 2000s. Question four. Goliath Grizzlies 2000s. Okay, so we'll go ahead and check in. Okay, Steers and Beers has checked in, so JJ Hardy boys, you guys can talk it out. There's a few names. Unlike unlike the last question, there's a few names we're throwing out right now. Zach Randolph. Yeah, he, I, I remember Zach just having – I want to say he had a, a really big uh, – big game going for like somewhere in the mid forties, possibly into the fifties. That does stir something in the back of my mind, but like, I don't think this is pow. Um, it seems too obvious. I, I mean, then again, David Robinson as a Goliath also seemed too obvious, but pow was more of a consistently give you, you know, 28 yep. to 32. Right. I don't, can't ever really recall him going off for like 45 or anything yeah. like that. And we don't think, Guys like Rudy Gay or anyone like that would have had a night like that. I mean, they may have, but that's the part that makes this tricky. Is this is when scoring is up and anyone could get hot on any night, you know, and and go off for for forty five. You know, Rudy Gay could have done it. OJ Mayo could have done it. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. If we want to go Goliath, I would feel most comfortable with Zach Randolph. But if you would rather have guaranteed points and say Dirk, then. I love the mentality of going for it. Yeah, I mean, we need to take a risk at some point. Yeah, I right, we're, we're down. I'm with I'm I'm with you. All right, so we're going to check in with the Goliath with Zach Randolph. All right. Uh, so you guys, so we're up to uh, steers and beers. You guys can uh, let me know your answer. Yeah, we decided there was too many um, too many Grizzlies to choose from to really be certain. So we just went with the David and uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Well, for the David, the correct answer is Dirk Nowitzki. He scored 53 points against the Houston Rockets in 2004. Zach Randolph's career high is 43, but unfortunately, Mike Miller scored 45 points against the Golden State Warriors in 2007. So the correct answer is Mike Miller. It was the someone random. Yep. It was. <laughs> I'm not sure Mike Miller's that random, but you know, well, no, not a random name, but a, a random game. You know, for him. To yes, for him to yeah. like. Obviously, he would have been hot from three in that game and just yeah. you know been burying a bunch of them. Yeah, not a random name at all. I mean, a former rookie of the year, a good scorer, but yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, that brings us to question five. David, the Heat, 2010s. Question five, Goliath, the Nets, the 2010s. 
Well, we already we're gonna go ahead and check in. We already decided to oh, check in. So. Okay, all right. So steers and beers have checked in. Uh, JJ Hardy boys, you guys can talk it out. Yeah, I I think we probably just go LeBron for David. Yeah, we have no th- we have no thunder. Right. Like even if we come up with that's... names, actually, where was the thunder in here, Josh? Speaking yeah. of, <laughs> <laughs> what an opportunity. Um, I I think they have two different people. Who are tied? Oh, oh. Yeah. there's a couple of teams oh, that, that have two sense. different people tied, so I didn't want to use those. All right, yeah, Trevor, I we need to get some extra points going into the fourth, so we have something to play with. So, yeah, I think I, I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna get this if they went for David, they're gonna get it. We're just gonna try to keep par with them at this point. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so let's let's check in with the David answer of LeBron James. Okay, and steers and beers. What do you guys have? Yeah, we uh we tried thinking about the Goliath for a little bit, throwing around Pierce or Garnett. Maybe one of them went off um, after the trade, but ultimately we decided to play it safe, going David with LeBron James. Okay, well both teams are getting their twenty points. The David is LeBron James. He scored sixty-one points against the Charlotte Bobcats in twenty fourteen, and the Goliath answer was mentioned. The correct answer is Darren Williams. Oh, uh, he scored 57 points against the Charlotte Bobcats in 2012. 57. Wow. Oh, is that is that the Bobcats team that was really really bad? Uh, that's every Bob, that's isn't, every isn't Bobcats. That all the Bobcats. I'm teams? talking about the all time like worst. Oh, I'm not sure. That, I think that might have been that was right around there yeah. for what for when they got Kemba. I mean or, that stretch of right, right the stretch of 12 to 14 where both of those happened. They were pretty. I forgot yeah. they were in the, the Gerald Wallace led <laughs> Charlie yeah, Bobcats, which is weird because like, Gerald Wallace played good defense. You think they wouldn't be giving up all these points? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, initially, um, David sent these with the actual year, but I thought that made it too easy to be able to to pinpoint in a given year. So I sure, that's why sure. I, I put it to decade to make it a little you know with the Spurs you. Duncan maybe could have at the beginning of his career, maybe if you didn't remember that Robinson yeah. put up a 70 point game. Oh no, I, I never forget. That's one of the um, best teams ever. You know, there wasn't a great one in the nineties to, to put in there that yeah. wasn't sort of obvious. So that's all right. Who's the T wolves, Josh? Uh, Carl Anthony towns. Is it 57 uh, points? That makes know. sense. And, and I almost put them in with the 2010s because there they had a few other, you know, I could Andrew Wiggins went off well, on a few. What's his name went off? Uh, Brewer went off. Was he playing for them? Corey Brewer. When he had like 50? Uh, I don't know if he did 50 with that. You know, that might have been with Dallas or the Jazz. Game. I don't know who he was with. I don't know. They, you know, you had a couple of names that could have been, like I said, Wiggins could have been. Butler had some pretty good games for the season he was there and before you know being dead to me um but anyway after the third quarter uh we had the following score jj hardy boys are at 370 and steers and beers are at 460 and that brings us to the fourth quarter the fourth quarter known as put your fours up This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. So the categories for today, question one, footy. 
question two, greater, question three, western, question four, Sydney, question five, giants. As you can tell, uh, I have adopted the uh, greater western Sydney giants as my uh, Australian football rules uh, footy team. So uh, footy is in reference to the AFL, which is Australian rules football. Question two, greater, the, the middle is actually the number eight, and it is in reference to Major League Baseball. Uh, question three, Western is in reference to the NHL. Question four, Sydney is in reference to the Olympics. Question five, Giants is in reference to the NFL. It is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in the category of footy. Two teams are tied for the most premierships in Australian rules football history. Name either of these two teams. I checked in. Hey, JJ Hardy boys have checked in. So steers and beers, you guys can talk it out. So I can name a bunch of the teams. Just a question of which one it is. Richmond came to mind, but I honestly don't even know how many they had. I, I've looked at some stuff, just kind of like getting an idea of the teams and that, but I don't know. The, uh, the other one I'm thinking of is Collingwood. Cause I know that's Eric's and Eric being a Cowboys fan might've picked someone that won a lot back in the day and hasn't won recently. So Eric's just kind of a winner in life. You mean like the abs too? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the one that's Richmond sticking out, but I honestly don't know if that's right or not. Cause I, I'm pretty sure they've won a lot. I just don't know how many, if they've won the most or tied for the most. So if you want to go with that, I can name a bunch of teams, but it, I mean, I, I know it's not Gold Coast because they're the newest one. So, you know, it's, I can eliminate, you know, a couple of them just based on that. But I can confirm that those are places in Australia. But that's about as much input. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess we'll go Richmond because that's the only thing I could think of is how, having a, a lot of them. I don't know what the number is, but. Okay. And how much did you wager? 60. Okay. And JJ Hardy, boys, what did you guys come up with and how much did you wager? So I think that Richmond is one of them because when this honor was bestowed upon me and I was assigned Richmond, one of the things that came with it to make me feel good about it was, well, they've won a lot. So, um, but this is more fun. And we, because we bid zero, we, uh, we actually just checked in with, I'm sorry, Neil. <laughs> uh, no points for this one. As a matter of fact, oh. um, and just a, uh, um, actually, Mason, your team is the second uh, newest team in the oh, league. I didn't know that. The GWS Giants came in one year after the Gold Coast Sun. Ah, um, but still, they are both the, the yeah. youngest, and neither has won um, a premiership. Richmond has won thirteen. However, they have won the last two and three of the last four. So they are currently like a dominant team. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Colin Collingwood. They are uh, third behind the two tied for the most. They have 15. And the two teams tied with 16 are the Essendon Bombers and the Carlton Blues. So after the first question, things have gotten tighter. The scores are currently uh, JG Hardy Boys with 370 and Steers and Beers with 400. 
Moving on to question two in the category of great er or ger eight er. Uh, the Yankees have retired the number eight for two different players. Name both of these players. Yeah, let, let's check that in. So, JJ Hardy boys, you guys can talk it out. Racking, yeah. my, racking my brain. I know you're teetering on the the edge of the second player. So here's yeah, here's my thinking. Almost positive that Yogi Berra is one of these. Number eight sticks out to me for him. Okay. If they have two people with the same number retired, that like just logically, I'm trying to work it out why that would happen. Yeah, same. I'm trying to. Is it is that this player wore number eight, but didn't have his number retired at the time that Yogi Berra got number eight? Or and is so it after? Then, and or so then, it? so he was allowed to wear it. Right. But then, like later on, they want to retire his number like eight in general right yeah or could it be that this person came over to the yankees and wore eight before they retired barra's number although i would think they would have retired his number right after he retired you know like he was such a great they probably retired the year after he left i would have to imagine yeah but that's probably not as likely. So, all right. So, if it's before Barra, we're. Talking I think I I like think if, if I had a, if I had a gut, I think I think it's before Barra. Okay. So it's early. It's Yankees dominant dominant time. So like Murderers Row. Yeah, twenty late then. late twenties thirties. Right. I don't know these numbers. Like Whitey Ford. Yeah, I was thinking Whitey Ford. I don't know his number. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he was eight. There's a Hall of Fame catcher named Bill okay. Dickey. Yep, I know Bill. He's one of the Dicky boys. Yep, I've I've heard of him. Um, <laughs> Lynn Lynn's father, I believe. Lynn, Lynn and Bill. Yep, the Dicky boys. I I don't know his number though. Yeah, I, I don't I know. His couldn't number. tell you. And I, I've been to the stadium. I mean, so many times and looked up in the you know rafters, but it's not something I pay attention to or information that I retain. Yeah, I, I think I, you just I, pick I, one I of those just, names. Yeah, I think we have to say someone. Because well yeah because we need two answers yeah and I'm saying <laughs> but sorry and I'm saying I'm saying like spoiler alert we we have points on this yeah and so it's not just a throwaway right oh yeah if it was a throwaway we would have answered just Kobe yeah, and long Yogi Berra a long time ago let's do Berra and Dicky okay so we'll check in with Yogi Berra and Bill Dicky for 100 points okay and steers and beers what do you guys have. I listed out all the, the single digit, um, you know, retired numbers. And I knew it was somebody that had to be before Barra, but possibly played concurrently with Barra. And I think they crossed paths or he inherited the position directly from Bill Dickey. Um, but yeah, it's Barra and Dickey. For how many points? 100. Both teams will be getting their 100 points. The correct answers are Yogi Barra and Bill Dickey. Uh, Bill Dickey was the catcher for the Yankees from 1928 to 1943 and also in 1946, which was Barra's rookie year. And he pulled, he was catcher for the Yankees from 46 to 63. Moving on to question three in the category of Western. The Western Conference in the NHL has existed since 1994. What team has won the most Western Conference championships in that time? We'll check in. Okay, JJ Hardy boys have checked in. So, Steers and Beers, you guys can talk it out. All right. Yeah, I'm like writing down all the Western Conference teams that I know have made at least one. 
feels like the Red Wings, unless I'm missing somebody that made a bunch of, I know the Red Wings through the late nineties, won a couple of titles and made a few, and then they played and lost. I think it was 09 to um, the Penguins. I want to say they went back to back and played them two years in a row. That's the, the only one that's sticking out to me. I know the stars have made a couple. They just made one this past right. year. And they made a couple, I think early, like they won a title cl- with Hall and Madonna and stuff. Right. That would have been late nineties. So yeah, if you feel better about the red wings, I know they've made a f- at least three from what I remember, yeah. they had back to back. And then, for, yeah. Put them down for four, but I mean, I could be missing one or adding one on, um, but yeah, we'll check in with the Detroit red wings for a hundred points. Okay, and JJ Hardy boys, what do you guys have and how much did you wager? We also uh, just immediately went with the Detroit Red Wings, but we went for zero points on it. Well, Steers and Beers will be getting their 100 points. Um, the correct answer is the Detroit Red, Red Wings. Uh, during that stretch, they've won six Western Conference championships, uh, four of which they went on to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and in 20. 20- for the 2013-14 season, the Red Wings are moved to the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So they actually won six from 94 to through 2012-2013 season. Uh, scores got a little bit farther apart. Uh, J.G. Hardy Boys 470, Steers and Beers 600. Um, but it is still anybody's game. Mm-hmm. Moving on to question four in the category of Sydney. The defending Olympic gold medal winning U.S. women's soccer team from the 1996 games lost to what country in the gold medal match at the Sydney Olympics in 2000? All right, we'll check in. Okay, Steers and Beers has checked in. So, J.J. Hardy, boys, you guys can talk it out. Uh, Let me know your answer and your wager when you get there. As soon as you read this question, I I know it's in my brain. I know that it's somewhere in there. I'm the, I was kind of waffling between two. Te- I'm kind of waffling between two teams. Um, uh, China and Norway are the two names that just popped out immediately. I was thinking about this. Um, I remember the Brandy Chastain thing from when I was a kid. That was pretty risque uh, for me. And I like me a ham, but that's it. I, I think of the two, I'd say Norway. Yeah. I was I, right with Everton before when we were down to two. So, yeah. Yeah. I, my gut also has been saying Norway for what I, again, I, I couldn't tell you why. So we'll check in with Norway. For How many points? For 100 points. Okay. And steers and beers. What's your answer and how much did you wager? So we narrowed it down to two as well. A completely different set of two. Um, seem to remember um, Brazil's one of their forwards, Marta being like the best player in the world around that time. Um, and then we know Japan beat us in 2008 it was between those two, but we settled on Brazil for hundred points. One team will be getting their points and one team will be losing their points. The correct answer is Norway. Norway uh, won three to two in extra time. Uh, the U S would go on to win gold at the 04, 08 and 2012 Olympics. We have a flip-flop in the lead heading into the last question. Uh, JJ Hardy boys are up to 570 and steers and beers are down to 500. We'll see what happens with question five in the category of giants. What 
running back has scored the most career rushing touchdowns as a member of the New York football giants. We'll go ahead and check in. Okay. Steers and beers has checked in. So JJ Hatter boys, you guys can talk it out. Let me know what your answer is and your wager. Scott, this one is not in my brain. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to talk it out. I, I haven't had a, a close game in a while, so I forget how high the stakes are. Yeah, this feels like this. This feels so hard. And if we if we end up getting it wrong and losing, it's it's a one hundred percent because of Gordy Howe, Mister Hockey. Yeah, yeah. I was. It's it's those hockey questions that have been. Uh, well, particularly like getting them missing link twenty seconds after <laughs> after yeah. they did. Yeah. Um, yeah but anyway, I, I, the the obvious answer is Tiki Barber. Just based on you know how good he was yep. when he was there and how long yep. he was there, he wasn't a big touchdown guy, but even being there a long time. But the obvious answer in the fourth quarter is not always the right answer. Although yeah. I felt like the Red Wings was super obvious for the hockey one, and that was correct. Yeah, yeah, it's trying to apply that kind of logic to this, and it's there have been a couple in this game where we've thought, oh, that's an obvious answer, but it turned out to be the right answer. Yeah. You so you, the first name you brought up was Brandon Jacobs. Yes. So I mean, goal line guy. That's it. Pretty, pretty much all he did was score touchdowns with them, and yeah, the, for probably a good five to six years. Yep. Yep. So if if we're just mathematically, if say he's getting ten a year, that puts him over fifty. And then there's Otis Anderson. He was a big prolific running back for them, probably between those three, or it's someone from the forties that no one's ever heard of, which I don't think that's the case. I don't think Josh would do that. This isn't Matt or Eric with the DJ Cooper incident. Yeah. Oh man. It's, just... I don't, I don't think we're going There's Obviously there's not a, we know this answer for sure. It's taking yeah. the gamble on the best option. I think it's Jacobs or Tiki. It, it's mm-hmm. even thinking of Otis Anderson. That was like Phil Sims and they're throwing the ball. So yeah. If I had, I mean, if I had to uh, push in a direction, it's probably Tiki, right? Yeah. I was going to say Jacobs. I, yeah. I, I don't know why. I just it, like, honestly, what this comes down to is it's, do we pick the obvious answer of Tiki Barber or do we go with an answer that sounds like it could be right and is probably more likely to be correct based on a standard bench warmers game fourth quarter yeah. question. Yep. But this has not been a standard bench warmers game. And it totally could be Kerry Collins, you know, just, uh, <laughs> Those quarterback sneaks. <laughs> yeah. The first name you, you put out there was Brandon Jacobs. Yeah. But I don't want, yeah. if we put this on me, we're going to lose. That's my whole thing. I don't know if you yeah. know, I have a mug. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it will not be put on you because I, when given the 50, 50 between Tiki Barber and Brandon Jacobs, I would choose Brandon Jacobs. All right. We're going to check in for Brandon Jacobs with a hundred point for a hundred points. Okay. And steers and beers. What do you guys have for an answer, and what's your wager? Uh, so we had a lot of names that we threw out. Byron said Frank Gifford, Rodney Hampton, Tiki Barber. I threw out Brandon Jacobs just because I remember watching him um, for a while. Ultimately, I, we didn't know how long that he played there. Um, I guess it's about eight years-ish, and I figured that would be enough being their goal linebacker for a lot of it. So we also checked in with Brandon Jacobs for 100 points. Okay, well, the correct answer is Tuffy Lehman's. 
No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? He's, he, 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 he was a he was a fullback from 1936 to 1943. Uh, he scored 17 rushing touchdowns. I just thought since you threw that out there, I, funny. <laughs> That's pretty um, good for a fullback. 17. So, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of climactic, you know, tension here. Obviously, since you both answered the same thing with the same wager. Um, We'll just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the top 10 real quick. Uh, 10th is Bill Paschal, who had 26 touchdowns. Uh, he's another 1940s running back. Ahmad Bradshaw's number nine with 32. Ron Johnson uh, from the 70s, uh, number eight with 33 touchdowns. Frank Gifford, who was mentioned, uh, number seven with 34 touchdowns. Otis Anderson, who was mentioned, number six with 35 touchdowns. Uh, Alex Webster from the 50s and 60s is fifth with 39 touchdowns. Joe Morris from the 80s, uh, 48 touchdowns um, in the fourth spot. Number three, Rodney Hampton from the 90s with 49 touchdowns. And number two is Tiki Barber with 55 touchdowns. So the correct answer is indeed Brandon Jacobs with 60 rushing touchdowns. I'll leave it to leave it to us to stop the L train, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> so the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Uh, Steers and Beers finishes with a more than respectable 600, and our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Tim Boyle Award with 670 points, is the J.J. Hardy Boys. Great game. Wow, great game. Yeah, well done, guys. I always like it when the games sort of at least come down into the fourth quarter, and, you know, it's yeah. a little interesting. So It's, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I feel like a, a team that hasn't gone to the tourney for a while, and, I, you know, it's fitting that we're recording this during the, you know, March Madness tourney because this was a back-and-forth battle. It was just a roller coaster the whole way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a fun one, and... uh I'd just like to take a second and thank once again, uh, head coach, Brandon Reese, uh, head coach, Philip Sanford and listener, David Lux. Uh, thank you guys for submitting questions. Um, definitely made my life a little easier for writing this. Thank you, Trevor and Byron for coming on and joining us again. Um, always love recording with you guys. Uh, anything you guys want to say before we call it a day? This is what this is. A great game. I loved it so much. The, the, some of the, those listener questions were, those rounds were great. Uh, really made me think. Um, and I, I thought our hockey, our lack of hockey knowledge was going to be our downfall because Byron, you were so solid on that. Uh, just well played all around. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, the, the questions were really good. That was a great missing link um, category theme. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, just really tough questions and the, you know, as per usual with my sports trivia, the Olympics sunk me again. And, uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. Mason Scott, you guys got anything? Oh uh, yeah, it was a fantastic game. I mean, anytime you have a game that goes down to the last question like that, especially with them having basically a coin flip for the, between whether they win or not, it's, mm. it's always a great game, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And they definitely deserved it. They deserved to win today. So congratulations on that. Well done. Yeah, no, I I don't have much to say. It would just it would just echo everyone else. I mean, thank you again, Brandon, David, 
fill up for, for the questions. Like Trevor said, really fun rounds. I thought the, the NBA franchise scoring leaders, David and Goliath was really something different. Yeah, it was uh it was a good game. Well, appreciate that. And uh, Byron and Trevor, thank you also for being um, part of the Patreon team. We really appreciate that. Uh, I mean, you guys are, you and the other listeners and the other Patreon supporters are, are why we do this aside from getting our own joy of doing it. Um, but we really do this and we're doing it as often as we do it um, because you guys listen and are supporting us. So uh, we can't thank you guys enough um, for financially supporting us as well as listening and coming on and, and having a good time. So I appreciate that. Thank you guys. Subscribe to uh, BTP presents. The OT and the Naked Bootleg are uh, some new vehicles that are going off the ground there. Also, feel free to visit our uh, site on Public if you want to get some L-Train or some Mind Palace or some Who merchandise or a, a bench warmer shirt. And also listen to uh, to Trevor's podcast as well. I, I noticed he didn't plug that, but uh, that's uh, that's a lot of fun if you want to hear about the Brewers at all, which probably a lot of people don't, but you know, you never know. Yeah, Trevor, why don't you take a second and remind us of what your podcast is? Sure, it's a very niche, uh, niche, niche sort of podcast, but it, we call it the Wisconsin way back. Uh, it's my, it's me and my, my two brothers who just grew up as diehard Wisconsin sports fan. There's, if there's a Wisconsin sports team, we love them. And we just go through a different team of Wisconsin sports history every week to dissect the storylines and fun facts about the team. Just, a, it's a great trip down memory lane to remember these random names. I mean, if, I think for anyone, you can, anyone, if you, even if you're not a Wisconsin sports fan, you can relate to the, to the fact of looking back on your team and seeing these guys that you're like, I had no, who is that? I have no idea who that is, but they were on my team. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're about six episodes in now. And uh, I'll tell you, starting a podcast of my own has given me so much appreciation for you guys and what you do, uh, putting out episodes twice a week, all the editing, all the preparation that has to go into it. Uh, I don't. I did not realize what it takes until I was doing it myself. And uh, so, thank you guys for what you do. That's that's why I'm happy to support you in the way I am. Well, appreciate that, and that's part of the reason we also have eight of us because uh, <laughs> to keep up a two a week uh, for as long as we have, and and we're gonna try to for the foreseeable future. Um, we definitely needed more hands. That's for sure. Because yeah, it's uh, it takes work, but it's it's fun, and we wouldn't do it if we didn't enjoy it too. Thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, and until next time, keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch! Stretch! Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! Yes! Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at BenchwarmersTP.